is happening now? We're about to send you back to the bit of light in the darkness is Amber Inch, bringing her unique style of comedy <laughs> to an otherwise dark and dreary podcast. So how are you doing? <laughs> Fine, <laughs> We're back again. Can you believe we've done three of these now? Three of, oh, three Halloween ones. Yeah, this is our third one. I couldn't quite think of something as big and spectacular as last year's one where we were watching two different ones back to back. Yeah, why did we do that? Because I thought it was a really good idea. <laughs> and if anyone out there is waiting for the game show aspect that we did last year to make a triumphant return, I can tell you, you're going to be waiting a very long time because it's not going to happen this year. What was it? What did Spoiler we do? Spoiler alert. What was it? Do you remember last year we did Slasher Fiction? Come on down, let's play a game. Where I basically quizzed you on the sequels to the two films that we watched because we did Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Yeah. And they both have a bunch of sequels. And I was like, which character had a sequel that involved this? Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of, yeah I do kind of, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that that was such a memorable <laughs> thing that I spent so long doing. It was a year ago. It was a year ago. But, you know, I thought it, I thought it was going to be impressive enough that you would uh, remember that fondly for years to <laughs> come. And go, do you remember the Halloween? <laughs> Where you did a quiz just for me, a quiz show just for me. From what I can remember, I think you, I think you actually did very well on it. I don't, um, I don't remember. I think you guessed <laughs> some of the answers. Well, I guessed all of the answers because I didn't know anything about it. So obviously, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I made it pretty easy. A lot of the answers were fifty-fifty. Oh, right. oh, okay, right. No, because the answers were fifty-fifty. Oh, yeah, you did. Really was well it Freddie well or well, was I made it Jason? It really easy. Well. <laughs> I tried. It's been insulting. You did very well on that, but I made it easy. <laughs> All right. 
I mean, most of the answers were, was it Freddy or was it Jason? Well, so, yeah, but... You know, 50-50. It's not, but, it's not gonna be Clifford the Big Red Dog, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be a really scary <laughs> sequel. Jason and Freddy versus Clifford the Big Red Dog. He's red for a reason. <laughs> the marketing pretty much writes itself after that. Of course that it does. So we are back for the third time doing our Halloween special, which is always interesting because you're really not a fan of horror films. No, you keep making me watch them anyway. Well, I mean, what else are we going to do for Halloween? I mean, I'll be honest, for this year, it was a toss-up between what we ended up watching and The Exorcist. No. And even I am like, nope to The Exorcist. There is something about that film that... Because it's a child. Yeah, to my very core makes me just go, <laughs> nope. I think if I'm being honest with myself, I would be hard pushed to make a decision if you were like holding a gun to my head. I don't know why you would be, but in this scenario, you have one and it's pointed at me. Yeah. And you said, choose now between watching child's play or the exorcist i think i would be hard pushed to pick between the two of them which one i'd have to stomach my way through i've seen child's play the newer one the new one it's fine yeah the new (laughs) one is probably okay i it, it probably is the original is the stuff of nightmares why is it different though I look. It's there's... not. It's probably fine. <laughs> Do not call into question my fears and phobias, okay? <laughs> I know, but it's not. They exist the for a reason. Fear exists for a reason. It's there to protect you. And if I have a fear of dolls and mannequins and stuff like that it's for a reason it's because they're evil no they are cursed that's an irrational fear because a doll isn't going to come and beat you up and if it does it's tiny and you'd be able to overpower it hey look people have irrational fears of spiders but there are still some that can kill you no but i don't think that's an irrational fear if, if some not. of them can kill you and you can't tell which ones, that's not irrational. What what <laughs> to you would be an irrational fear then? Dolls. No, uh, right, okay, okay, all right. Everybody laugh at Drew, okay. <laughs> Other than that one, what would be an irrational fear? Well, moths probably. <laughs> you have a fear of moths. Yeah, but I know that they're not. Go- they're not gonna. They don't intend to harm you. They're actually harmless. An irrational fear is something that you're scared of that's harmless. Even when people have like, you know, people have that phobia of buttons or something. I mean, yeah, like. Hey, you can choke, you can on, choke on a button. <laughs> okay, that's not an irrational fear. That's there to protect you. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I know. But I would tell, did you know, do you know why I was going to say that? I'm sure you're going to tell me. <laughs> <When> my... <laughs> Is it because you nearly choked on a button once? <laughs> no. Okay. When my brother was really young. Okay. I mean, like, five, 
five probably so like sure. oh so now he's at the age where he can like communicate things properly and sees and they start to see things and they like start going to school and stuff so you know you can it's like a proper person coming out yeah sure um like they become an actual person yeah so, yeah, he, yeah, so yeah. he was maybe maybe six or something okay and my granny bought him a really <laughs> it's probably not even funny when i tell this story but it was just funny to hear a child say it okay she bought him this really nice like new pajama set it was like a ni- nice little shorts and like a little shirt um, obviously like a button down shirt and it was really nice buttons and it looked really cute and she tried she she put it on him and she started doing up the buttons and he looked down and he was like buttons I'm not wearing that I might choke on him <laughs> <laughs> and it was just weird because I was like I'd never even thought of anybody thinking that you could choke Where? in your sleep on buttons that were attached yeah. to a shirt before it was like where are you getting that? Like, what have you seen as a child that would make you think that that's what's going to happen? And it was just like, we just thought it was hilarious because he was like, I'm not wearing that shirt. I might choke on the buttons. And to this day, your brother still has a fear of buttons. So, I mean, you know, it's served him well. well. He's survived <laughs> this long. He had weird, he had weird things. Everything he owns is just Velcro. He wouldn't, <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't let me, um, he wouldn't touch my jewellery at all. Really? So if I had a ring and I said, oh, can you hold this for a second? Because like, say I need to put my, I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but if you want to put your hand somewhere or reach something and you don't want your ring to fall off, whatever reason. Right, yeah. And I said to him, can you hold like my, I don't, (laughs) can you hold my ring? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's okay, it's the Halloween special. We're doing an 18 plus film, so it's okay. We can get away with it. This isn't so much of a family podcast anymore. He would just freak. Like, freak. Really? I'd say, touch my necklace. Ah! (laughs) And it would, yeah, it was horrible. It was like, hold your hand out. And I'd put something in his hand, let my hand go. And if it was like an earring, he'd be like, ah! Wow, weird. (laughs) I always asked him why what happens when you get a girl you know I mean you say to a six or mm. seven year old what happens when you get a girlfriend like, well, she just, I, won't, I just won't go out with somebody who wears jewellery because I don't like that <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> he's fine now yeah. but yeah it was just I was just asking why and he just couldn't mm. explain see I, I feel like an irrational fear and I know I'll get a bit of backlash from it from people that actually do suffer from it but I feel like an irrational fear. Yeah, I'm not belittling it. I'm just no. saying that's what they are. I feel like an irrational fear is like the, that weird fear of holes that people have. That's but here's irrational. the thing. I can get it. <laughs> I get it. Like that weird texture. It is strange. And it is... Well, you know, it depends. You what see... do you mean? Like, are you talking about like holes in sponges? Not yeah, you know I forget what it's called. It begins with a T. Yeah, that one, that one, that one. I won't make you say it. No, because I don't know it. But I feel like even though it's an understandable thing, I feel like it is also slightly irrational. Yeah, because uh, I think it depends. What I mean, they can't choose what holes to be scared. I think of, it's something about the texture it of like, it. Oh, I see what you mean. Right? Yeah. So I was going to say, if you meant a hole in the ground, that's not irrational because you could die. Yeah, 
Okay, right, yeah, like a hole in the ground. But I feel like a fear is a fear. Obviously, that's fine. You can't help Mm. it. What you you can't help something that you're scared of. But it makes it irrational, depending on the place. So, like, if I'm scared of sharks and I'm in the ocean in Australia where I know they are, that's not irrational. No, because I'm scared that sharks gonna eat me. Because well, not gonna eat me, but I'm scared that I'm scared of a shark turning up in a place where sharks are. Yes. If you're scared of sharks and you live in like a landlocked Here country, yeah, that's there's no point. In that. No, right. So, so you, could, you can have the fear in proximity in to, to what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. I mean, another one would be I would say that you know maybe balloons is an irrational fear. I know people. I I've, I know I've known people that have a fear of balloons. It's strangely the, enough. The, the sound. I think it is, but also I believe that they might also have been people that saw it at a very young age and now the balloon is like a harbinger of death to them. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, maybe not so irrational. But speaking of fears and fear of the unknown, maybe fear of your fellow man. (laughs) What? I know. We are looking this Halloween at 1982's John. No, John Carpenter's 1982. It's not, it doesn't belong to 1982. <laughs> 1982 didn't make it. Mm. I I pluralize the inoperative word there. John Carpenter's 1982 horror classic. The thing. I didn't know it was a horror classic. Isn't this like a sci-fi? So yeah, I mean it is kind of sci-fi, but it's only sci-fi in the element of it's an alien entity. You know, everything else yeah, but about doing experiments it. Experiments on it, or like trying to. They're, they're scientists, aren't they? Yeah, but nothing <laughs> else about it is necessarily science fiction. You know. Like, everything else other than the fact that it's an alien entity that can shapeshift and take on forms. Everything else is very, like... Like, you're an explorer in the middle of Antarctica and an alien life form tries to imitate you. Yeah. Or your people, whatever. That's sci-fi, isn't it? I think... It is sci-fi, if that yeah. Was a, if it was a book, it would be sci-fi. It, it, it was a book. It oh, was there a, we go. Was it yeah, a sci-fi yeah. book? I mean, <laughs> it's. I feel like it's hard, if you're not Stephen King, to write horror books. Or or R.L. Stein, really. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, Goosebumps is still There's horror. There's loads of horror books. I mean, here's the thing. I, I feel like horror relies on playing into people's fears and one fear with horror films in particular is almost like the inability to escape the situation that you're in you know so if you're watching a horror film in a cinema you kind of feel like you can't leave really so that's part of it but I feel with a horror book, you can just put the book down at any point. <laughs> so the key to writing really, really good 
horror books is to tap into people's fears but do it in a way that they want to keep reading yeah you know so i feel like there's really only a small handful of people that have managed to do that and write a book that is not just horror in the sense of oh the material of it is quite dark is quite horrific in nature what you're reading about in the descriptions of things but horror in the sense of as you're reading it you are physically scared yeah so i do feel like that's kind of a difficult thing to pull off because otherwise it you know mary shelley's frankenstein does get lumped into something like science fiction because it is science and it is dealing with bringing things back from the dead yeah so yeah this is sci-fi but sci-fi does lend itself so well to horror because of it being a fear of the unknown fear of the future fear of alien you know things like that so i feel like horror and sci-fi cross over so much in films and in literature the yeah that's why i I think they've got sci-fi thriller yeah so it's like it's sci-fi but it's got a bit of a (laughs) yeah bit of a creepy feeling see i would say blade runner is sci-fi thriller because it's it's very tense throughout the film like Mm. you don't really know what's going to happen next but it is all set in a futuristic los angeles as well so i feel like with the thing it's very very much in a realistic and believable situation which is where the horror element comes into it Mm. I'll, i'll come clean about this film i will actually admit that even though i knew about this film i'd read about this film because of how much of a big deal and a classic and a masterpiece of writing that this film (laughs) is. I knew that much. I haven't actually seen this film before. So this is a new one to me as well. And it's one of these films that I have actually been scared to admit fearful you might say Uh. have a phobia of admitting (laughs) that i hadn't seen this film before purely because of the the impact that it had at the time so this was very much like evil dead in the way that its effects and its design and it's uh you know creature effects and everything were what attracted people to the film okay and even though evil dead was at an era in these like quote-unquote video nasties era and i really hate using that term Mm. because we learn about it so much in media and they built it up to be these horrific things Mm. then you watch them and it's like oh yeah you know (laughs) it's like oh yeah but you watched it in the 2000s yeah there is that but 
if anything, it, it it's it's kind of showing the progression of things since then, really. Like we've come so far now to look back on that and go, oh yeah, I, it's really weird that this got banned when now we have, I don't know, human centipede or something like that, you well, know? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, but I guess with the advent of YouTube, like if something gets banned, you can literally yeah, just, just watch, watch it, anyway. it. Yeah, you just pirate the copy of it. So it doesn't matter. It's still going to get out, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. In the days of VHS copies, it was a lot harder to find things. Yeah, exactly. But since we haven't seen the film before, I can safely say I kind of knew what it was about because I had to read about it for film studies and stuff for horror things and everything but you didn't really know anything about this film <laughs> no well in, you didn't you? actually tell me what we were watching until the film started and i, I saw to... the title of it so i couldn't have any time to think what is this film going to be about because you didn't tell me what it was i like to uh <laughs> So I don't know. <laughs> well, in fairness... I didn't have a thought of what it was going to be about because as soon as it came on and I knew what it was, I started watching it. In fairness, I did drop a few hints the last uh, few episodes building up to this. What did you say? Well, when in you our... Said, you said the word thing a lot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yep. How am I supposed you to You nailed it. Well done. In our... In our podiversary anniversary episode when we were talking about things that we had coming up I was like we're going to be doing a horror film for Halloween but I won't tell you what it is because it's a whole thing oh yeah see you gotta listen for the little details sometimes if I didn't know (laughs) this film existed I wouldn't have picked up on that would I Oh, right, yeah, I suppose <laughs> I suppose my plan really did rest on you knowing about a film called The Thing. But So what you might well, not I kind know... of knew, but I thought that the film that was called The Thing was from the 50s. Well, interestingly, this film is actually a remake oh. of that film from the 50s. <laughs> but that oh. one is called The Thing From Another World. Oh, right. And... Even more interestingly, that film, The Thing From Another World, Mm. is the film that's playing on the TV in Halloween, on Halloween night. Oh, okay, yeah. And even more interestingly... Yeah, so that's all aliens, isn't it? Halloween was directed by John Carpenter, who directed (laughs) this film, which is a remake of the film that's playing in his film that he made, Called Halloween. He must have just really liked this film. And that isn't even trivia. That isn't <laughs> even is a trivia worth the time. Do you know what? You just get that one for free. Great. Yeah. Now I have to hear an extra one. You have to hear quite a few because oh, there's some good no. stuff involved in good this. Good stuff. Oh, there's some good stuff. But nothing happened in the film. <laughs> there's some good stuff. Okay. So what did you think this film was going to be about before watching it? Uh, no, I, I didn't have time to think of what it was going to be about. Oh, okay, right. Because <laughs> you didn't tell me what the film was until it... And you didn't tell me what the film was. I I thought I'd dropped enough hints that you knew I what it was going to be. I didn't know that it existed. Okay. How can that How can that even be a thing? Oh, man, I really <laughs> shot myself in the foot for this, what didn't you I? Mean? You dro- <laughs> what do you mean you dropped hints? No, you didn't. 
I mean, I practically told you. No, you didn't. All right. So you had no idea that this film even existed. That's fine. But even That's if you cool. asked me what it was about, I wouldn't have... Be- I mean, how can you think what that's going to be about when it's called The Thing? It could literally be about anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't have had an idea. No, that's a fair point. Like I said, it was a it was a toss-up between this and The Exorcist. And I even contemplated The Fly oh. at one point. But that's really... A little bit like body horror kind of thing. And I don't really well, know. Well, this is really. Yeah, I mean, this kind of is. This kind of is. So the reason that this ended up being such a big deal was all of the animatronic effects. Yeah, they were really good. That are used in it. And every a lot of what you see, I would say 95% of what you see in this film is all practical effects yeah and i think that for things where it was vines and the tentacles and stuff stuff moving around coming over things i think that they reversed the shots for that so they basically kind of pulled all the stuff off of it well yeah i mean that's probably why because it doesn't move in the same way when you reverse the shot if they're pulling it all off of what it's meant to be crawling over, film it moving off of it, and then reverse yeah, yeah, the shot yeah. so it's going back onto it. Yeah. It doesn't move in the way that you would expect it to move. But then, at the same time, it's also not a real creature. So how do you know how it would move? So yeah, I think there's that exactly. element of it that made people want to go and watch this film. But what did you think of it? I thought it was quite boring. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I was expected to be a bit more... It was like I was expecting to be a bit more tense about around kind of who was infected and who wasn't. Because mm. there's obviously only a few of them live in there and they're in close quarters. So you would expect that pretty much all of them would be infected, but you're trying to work out who it is. But I just don't think it was tense enough. I wasn't really? really tense about it. Okay. Didn't really... Because I think the whole thing is, you know, who can you trust? Who has been out of your sight for too long? You know, it's all around suspicion, like, really. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Well, but that didn't make any sense because they, they wanted everybody to stay in the same place so that they could all keep an eye on each other. And and their plan was always to split up. <laughs> right, but they stayed... This is the thing. They stayed in groups. Yeah. So it was never going to be, like, <laughs> all three up... of the people that was in one group. Yeah, but you don't know. Pretty much was, because there was only two of them that wasn't infected in the, first, in the end anyway. Well, interesting that you say that. Um, Would you like your first bit of Is the Trivia Worth the Time? No. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're going to get it I know, anyway. I know, that's why I say no. <laughs> hey, look, it's good stuff, okay? So obviously without, you know, it go, kind of goes without saying, we are going to be talking spoilers about the thing. So if you haven't seen the film... It's too late now, I ruined it. Well, yeah, well, not really. But if you haven't seen... John Carpenter's The Thing 
and you don't want the end part of it spoiled for you, maybe take a little bit of time, treat yourself for Halloween, go watch it now. But obviously if you know how the film ends, it obviously ends a little bit kind of ambiguously, right? Because it's Keith David and Kurt Russell mm -hmm. left alive, yeah. right? So, according to an apocryphal, hmm, give me a second, apocryphal story first reported on reddit.com in February 2013, when asked about the ambiguous ending of the film, John Carpenter responded that he never understood how could there be any confusion about whether Childs or McCready are human or not? Because the last scene shows, and this is quote, Kurt Russell and Keith David staring each other down, harshly backlit. It's completely, glaringly obvious that Kurt Russell is breathing and Keith David is not. That's not obvious. Apparently, it is completely glaringly <laughs> obvious that Kurt Russell is breathing and Keith David is not. But have we ever been told that people that are infected don't breathe? We've never been told that. I think the it's it's kind of alluded to that because the alien entity takes over a person so completely and each... Because they do the blood test, right... So he says with a regular person, the blood is just tissue. But with this entity, each part of the blood and the cell and everything like that is alive and is trying to survive because it takes over the hosts like yeah. cell by cell, right? So I would imagine that if that was the case, there would be no need for it to be breathing because it's like every cell in it for itself, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I know, but that is a bit like, what, did you work that out when you were watching the film? I mean, I kind of figured that... What? You were watching that film and you thought, oh, obviously they don't have to breathe. That, that went through your head. I mean, I didn't obviously think they... <laughs> oh, obviously they don't have to breathe. But I also thought, you know, if this thing goes into the ice and lays dormant and can then be revived again at some other point, it just goes into like hibernation or something, then surely it wouldn't need to be breathing because otherwise it would have to be somewhere where there's plenty of air and plenty of oxygen. But if it gets encased in ice, that's not gonna happen. I know, but that's what I'm saying. The, like the only reason why my brain would go, oh, this happens and this happens and this happens, which obviously means that they don't need to breathe is because I've heard him say that. Right. <laughs> I would have thought that if I was watching the film. That's fair Because nobody ever mentioned it. Well, so it's yeah. not glaringly obvious. I guess it's I not glaringly that he obvious. he wasn't breathing. Maybe because it's glaring... he was drinking at the time. Yeah. I suppose it's glaringly obvious to the guy that made the film. Well, yeah. Cause, but... Well, yeah. Yeah. So does that put the ending of the film into like a different perspective for you? Um, I don't think so. Because I thought one of them probably was fake anyway. 
And the chances were it wasn't McCready. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I would guess though. Because the film follows him so closely, and there's only like a couple of points where you don't see yeah, him for an extended period of time. Yeah. And then after that point, he proves that it's not him with the blood test. So yeah. I think after that point, you follow him quite closely mm. as the grounds by which you know this person is categorically not yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any moments during this that really kind of took you by surprise? I don't think so. <laughs> You didn't really jump at any <laughs> points in this, did no. you? No. It I was expecting scary. you to jump a little bit you more. You did? You, uh, hey, well, mm, yes, I did. But that's also because I was like, I know the bit that's coming and I know what's about to happen, but I don't know when How it's do going you know? to happen. You just said you'd never seen the film. So I, so I knew the whole blood test bit. Oh. I knew the whole blood test bit because that gets referenced a lot. Oh. It gets referenced in lots of other things. The whole, you know, it reacts to heat and they put the hot needle on it and the blood goes like that is part of it. I've never seen that anywhere. No? No. I thought that was a really famous bit of this. How has this happened? I normally know about most, not most films, but I know about popular films even if I haven't seen them because I've seen references to things. Mm. But I don't know, totally have no idea about this. Well, I think... To an extent, the whole game of Among Us was based on the thing. Oh, well, I obviously haven't played that. No. <laughs> well, we should play Among Us sometime. No. <laughs> I think it would be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how good you are at deceiving people. It's a whole, like, Probably deception not that good, game. I don't know. But I... So I jumped a couple of times because it was at points that I kind of knew what was coming up but I didn't know the exact moment that it was yeah. going to hit and then it just wham it just goes it hits you <laughs> like when I said oh I got a bad feeling about what they're doing to the guy on the table with the defibrillator oh, yeah. and he goes to push down on him and the whole chest opens up and yeah. takes his hands up I was like oh oh and I knew something was going to happen with him mm. And I was like, oh, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And then it just goes. We interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors. Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird gift baskets. Cool. Cool. You're interested? Interested. Excellent. I'm glad you said that because Greenbird gift baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you. We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird gift baskets at square.site, and all baskets are totally customizable for dietary needs and tastes. Greenbird gift baskets offer sweet, savoury and mixed baskets as well as picnic boxes 
and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber, they can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch. Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Greenbird Gift Baskets. Oh, and make sure to tell them that Back to the Review just sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. When we started this film, you very nearly got angry at me because you were like, oh, it's an 18. Oh, I'm really going to, I'm going to be so scared of this. Why did you put this <laughs> yeah. on? Why did you put this on? I'm going to jump so hard. And then you didn't. Yeah, no, because I didn't realise it was about aliens and stuff. I'm not really that bothered about that. Yeah. And I could, obviously you can tell that it's not real. So they did well, though. It was really well yeah. made. It was really well done, especially for 1982. I think mm. some of the stuff looks better than some of the stuff now. Yes. So that that was good. There is a lot of stuff in this film that holds up today. And yeah, this a, is a lot. Yeah. yeah. And this is absolutely why I am an advocate of practical effects. Like, yeah. if you can do it for real. Nobody wants to do that anymore, though, do they? No. It's because I feel like there's less hassle involved. Yeah, there probably is. But then it's CGI. a shame because people that are good... Uh, practical effects are dying out it's going to die out because it's not going to be needed anymore I feel and like there will always be a need for it somewhere you know? yeah you say somewhere but you want it to be mainstream where most things are practical effects oh, and yeah. just look that oh, yeah. graphics to kind of finish it off because when they they think that it looks better it's obviously more expensive well I don't know about nowadays maybe I don't know but it's expensive anyway and I don't think it looks better no if you get a good, obviously, if you get a good practical mm. effects artist that knows what they're doing. Mm. And here's the thing. I, I say that a Although lot I on this podcast. Although I do apologise about Jurassic Park because actually... We peaked at Jurassic Park. And that no, none, none of that was real really, was it? No. Well, no. Uh, so the, the first Jurassic Park, they did a lot with animatronics. Yes, that's why it looks so real. Because they actually built a T-Rex to use in that film. And the effects of that are incredible because the whole scene where you first see the T-Rex is part CGI, part That's what I mean. Like, I kind of thought that they had a big thing where they didn't need the practical effects guy as much because they had like conquered movement for the first time ever on like CGI. Yeah, but they did still need the animatronics and, uh, to an extent, like, puppeteers and stuff for the T-Rex head and the a couple of the velociraptor scenes. Yeah. You see them kind of moving in a way that is puppeteered mm. and everything. So I think it's the mix, the balance in Jurassic Park between practical and CGI effects yeah. that made it what it was. But even the sequels to Jurassic Park aren't as convincingly good as Jurassic Park. No, the new one even. And it's... We peaked. <laughs> that is the peak, the pinnacle of what can be done with effects. Yeah. I personally think. Yeah. And I think of it like this. The Imagineers at Disney have built 
such convincing animatronics for yeah. things like the Navi river journey. Yeah. And the the movement is so smooth and fluid. Mm. And on uh, shows like The Mandalorian, where they have Baby Yoda, Grogu, <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of that is actual robotics. Yeah. And the way he moves and everything like that. So it looks a lot more real. Uh, so that's why I'm a big advocate of practical effects and in a day and age where you can do that for things like theme parks mm. you know, yeah exactly that should also be put into yeah exactly yeah and obviously yeah things like avatar you need them to be leaping about and doing stuff and you know yeah but they built a robotic spider-man yeah, for but in- for Avengers <laughs> Campus that can literally swing through the air. It keeps crashing into buildings though, so I don't know. It is so... <laughs> okay, it is so funny when it crashes into... I know that you're not supposed to laugh and I know that it breaks the magic of it a little bit, but it is so funny on the odd occasion where the wind just isn't right and yeah. it just crashes into the wall. <laughs> And then the poor guy playing Spider-Man has to come out and go, oh, oh, that, oh, that was that was a bit of a hard one. <laughs> oh, that was a bit of a rough turn. I, I, so the biggest crime in history is that he doesn't at that point come out and go, oh my, my back. back, oh my back. <laughs> They're not allowed to acknowledge that though, are they? They absolutely should though. I know, but 100% they have to pretend should. that that film doesn't exist. Yeah. So, do you want another little bit of is the trivia worth the time? Because this one's pretty funny, and I think you'll like this one. Okay. Okay. Two characters in the movie are nicknamed Mac, that's MacReady's shorthand nickname, and Windows, a nickname inspired by the fact that the character always wears glasses. Since the film was made in 1982, this is purely coincidental and has nothing to do with Apple and Microsoft's famous rival tech brands. (laughs) John Carpenter out here predicting the future in 1982. I do find it funny that Mac ended up having to destroy Windows, though, so... (laughs) Here I am, a Windows user... (laughs) And even I'm admitting that Mac had to destroy Windows in this film. <laughs> what a weenie. I know. But I thought that was I thought that was quite funny. That I, is kind of funny, actually. It's weird how it's just coincidental. Yeah. Like, that is strange. Yeah, that is strange. There is another one which I also quite like. This is at around the 15-minute mark, when the dog wanders down a hallway and pauses outside a door, a shadow can be seen of one of the men beckoning it in. John Carpenter wanted to keep it wanted it to be mysterious which character was involved. So he didn't use any of his actors to cast the shadow. Oh. It was someone entirely different. Oh, well I didn't get that because I just thought it was assumed that it was the guy that liked all the dogs. Oh, okay. See this <laughs> See this is interesting because this actually proves exactly why he did that. You thought it was the guy that liked all the dogs. Yeah. 
I thought it was the guy who um, I think it was. Uh, I think it actually was Windows who was the guy I was thinking of. I don't know who that is. The guy who was at the radio all the time. Oh, curly head guy. Yes. Oh, okay. So I thought it why was him. Why did you him. think it was him? Just because I don't know why I thought that was the radio room that it was going into. Oh, I see. And that's why no, he then, was sat there. Um, obviously, at the time, that's fine. But I thought later on, he said to him, "How long was the dog with you?" And he said, "In the night." That no, that he said, "How long was the dog just wandering around the base?" And that, and he said it was he, wandering around he, all night. I thought he asked him, you know, how long did he have? Did you have him with you? Because that's why he looked at him and was like, oh, "It's gonna like it would have got him as well because it was in his room with him." That's what I thought. Well, probably that as well. That's why I thought he asked that question. Hmm. But that's why I thought it was the radio guy because oh. I thought that was a radio room and he was still up. Like, oh, I thought it was his bedroom. Because to... ah. it was a small room. There wasn't anything else in there. There's See, no other shadows in there. But that's exactly why he did that, in order to keep it mysterious. So it's not obviously one particular <laughs> person. Yeah. I mean, that's true, but I didn't get it was mysterious at the time because I thought it was just obvious. To, well, I just assumed that it was the guy who liked all the dogs. Right. Ah, I suppose Because that. that's the guy that the dog kept jumping all over and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you suspicious of the dog at the start? I was suspicious when he was walking down that corridor, actually. And then nothing happened, which was really weird. Yeah, so... Because <laughs> he was walking down the corridor yeah. looking really menacing. And at first I was like, ah. Oh. And then he started going towards the door really slow and really weird. And I went, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then I saw the shadow and I was like, uh-oh. And then uh, it stopped. Yeah, what I will say is that after John Carpenter had done Halloween before this and obviously knew how to make a horror film and make it really good you know I did feel like some of the scene transitions yeah he likes this... fade into black doesn't he for no reason yeah <laughs> I don't know if that was just a stylistic choice for this film probably. in particular but yeah, I don't think I've watched another John Carpenter film where he's done that maybe and it he was, was quite... just trying to get on with the next bit quick <laughs> It was. It, I feel like it. in some bits it was quite jarring yeah, but maybe that's why, though. Because, yeah, maybe. Maybe, because it would just, like, fade to black. And it's like, yeah, oh, it was probably on oh, purpose. oh. And then it just started on, like... Well, it was obviously else. on purpose, but, it, yeah, it was probably done with yeah. that meaning in mind. Very strange. But obviously it, it cuts away at a point where you're not entirely sure what's yeah, happening. Yeah, so, yeah. And you fully expect, at that point, with our exposition you to... to guess things in horror films you expect to see the shadow of something happen to yeah. the person yeah, right yeah. well no i thought the dog i thought the dog was going to do something yeah exactly and i thought yeah. you were going to see it happen yeah, in the shadow so, yeah. but it and then just it was like doesn't. oh it's gone now yeah <laughs> yeah exactly mm. so do you what, what part kind of clued you into what might be happening in the film at what point were you starting to get suspicious of when the dog was gonna do something or turn or at what point were you suspicious that it wasn't just a dog um i was suspicious that it wasn't the dog as soon as the man who was looking at the dog looked at the other guy and i thought oh yeah they're all living together and it said they can imitate people and take you take like you on and stuff mm. and I, so i thought 
Oh, they're diseased. <laughs> <laughs> they're diseased. Well, there was something that would have clued you in a oh. lot sooner. Okay. Now Is I apologize. The title of the film and the and the the bio of the film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. No, and I want to apologize in advance, not just to you, but to everyone listening, and particularly if you are Norwegian, I apologize in advance for what I'm about to do. If you are Norwegian, um, you probably aren't listening to this unless you're practicing English language, in which case uh, I, I apologize in advance, but I don't know what sorry is in Norwegian. So, again, this is a massive spoiler for the film, but this is a little bit of trivia here. At around eight minutes, this happens. The words spoken by the pilot on entering the camp are actually understandable for Norwegians. Albeit broken Norwegian, the line goes, Se til helvete og kom de vik. Det er ikke en bikje. Det er slags ting. Det imiter. Oh, sorry. Det imiter en bikje. Det er ikke vekleg. Kom de veke idioter. This translates to. <laughs> it probably doesn't. Oh, uh, no. That doesn't translate to. What's written here translates. What I said doesn't translate to precisely jack all. Okay? If you are Norwegian and you want to rate that, please do. I don't expect it to be more than a three. Okay? <laughs> what I said doesn't translate to jack. What's written here translates roughly to get the hell out of there that's not a dog it's some sort of thing it's imitating a dog it isn't real get away you idiots oh. and that's right before they shoot him so that's why they were shooting because they 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 obviously found things before they got there and yeah. were like you're gonna get it as well that's why they were shooting at the dog from the helicopter yeah. And you turned to me and said, why are they shooting at the dog yeah, from the helicopter? And I said, I have an idea as to why they might be, but I'm not going to say <laughs> because I will probably give away half of the film to you if I yeah. said, I think it's because it's an alien. <laughs> yeah. That would have kind of ruined the impact of it for you. So that's why I didn't really want to say but I was like, I have a hunch as to why, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a little bit of a uh, heads up right at the start of the film. Great. I never would have got that. No. <laughs> but anyone that's Norwegian that's watching well, that. Yeah, probably. Do you reckon that there were people that could speak Norwegian that were watching this film for the first time and had that bit like, oh, oh, oh. And it's like a little bit kind of ruined for them. But they go, oh, I feel like I've got some inside knowledge here because I what speak What happens Norwegian. if you're watching the film dubbed in Norwegian because you're Norwegian and you don't understand English? What happens to that bit? They're speaking in English in that one. And the rest of it is... Uh, <laughs> they they dub the Norwegian over in, like, English. Oh, but, yeah. but I just feel like maybe they're just watching it and then they go... Why have they just given the plot of the film in the first 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's why they dub like, it into no one English. one else can understand. So then you're watching like, it in Norwegian. A lot of people can talk English. 
Yeah, that's true. Maybe they dub it into, I don't know, something like Spanish Welsh. or something. Welsh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Get away from that dog, boy. Oh. No, I meant the Welsh language. I know. I know. <laughs> I was going for the comedy aspect of it. Oh, you don't want to be petting that dog, boy. Oh. I think it's some sort of unnatural thing. Don't know where it's come from. You better put it back. <laughs> Sound like Fireman Sam. Who's Fireman Sam? The guy from Fireman Sam f- turned up. Yeah. But they were Welsh in Fireman Sam. I don't think Fireman Sam was, though, was he? I think he was. <laughs> they were all they were all from Pontypridd. I know, but I don't think he was. I feel like he might have been slightly Welsh. Are you thinking of Jupiter, the guy that's really Welsh in that? Jupiter? His name's Jupiter, isn't it? Oh, no, the uh, the truck's called <laughs> Jupiter. I Dang. Know. I don't know. I am not You're remembering this very Elvis. well. Elvis. <laughs> He's the really Welsh guy. That's right. And Norman. Norman! Norman! <laughs> Why is there a toad in the sweetie jar? <laughs> <laughs> I really want to watch Five and Sam now. No one could have predicted that our Halloween episode would descend into anarchy and end with us watch- wanting to watch Fireman Sam. Wow, mm. who could have predicted that? That's the twist ending that we need for <laughs> our Halloween special. Fireman Sam. Yeah, just that we end up watching Fireman Sam. Oh, I love instead. it. I loved it so much. <laughs> I loved it. See, this is the thing. You got to cut horror films with something yeah, palatable. Yeah, now I'm gonna watch Five and Sam on YouTube, so I forget about a horror film and feel good. And I'll although say... I didn't have to do it with this one because this wasn't that bad. No. I'm a wimp, and I wasn't even scared. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, I don't want to outrightly scare you with anything that we watch, but. That I being always said, think that I'm a wuss and then yeah. as soon as I actually watch the films I'm always like oh well, that wasn't bad and I think like your imagination for what it could be is way mm. worse well we did recently watch the 2018 Halloween yesterday movie. we watched it in two <laughs> halves um, we watched one half I know, but one I didn't day, really see a lot of the first half and then we watched the second half about a week later I think we just got round to it because we had to stop watching the because it was so late when it was on and it was like oh we'll catch the second half on catch up or something but that was pretty scary that was quite scary yeah and you came out the end of that going oh actually wasn't so bad I think that you can actually stomach a lot more horror films than you say you can. I'm suspicious of you. No, now. it's not that I do it on purpose. It's that I don't know that I can. It's yeah. not that I, in my head, I go, oh, I'm actually fine. I just don't like saying it because I don't want to watch more horror films. It's like, I genuinely think that I can't handle them or I'm a scaredy cat however. And then when I watch it, it's never as bad as, you make as I think it's going to be. I think we should try another couple. No. No? Because <laughs> you did Halloween on our first year. Yeah, I, in the broad daylight. In, yeah, okay, admittedly we did watch it in broad daylight. 
And you did. He's you scary. Did, he is scary. I, that guy round the corner is still dressing up as Michael Myers on Halloween. We're going to have a really tough time. Why? Well, because you said you were walking the dog. And yeah, no, but a, I'm not going out this time. No, that's true. I'm not going out after dark this time. Definitely not after that. So do you feel like this film would have had a lot more relevance if people had watched this before COVID came out? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because then we would have known not to have been drinking from... Well, no, that doesn't make... No, that's stupid. Because they didn't want to be... No, because it was when the guy said if even one part of this gets into someone, it could take them over and completely change yeah, them. Yeah, in 27,000 yeah. hours. No, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah 27,000 hours. hours. The whole of the population is going to be infected, which is fine. But no, but I mean, like... But that's three they years. They tried to separate everyone, and they said, "We, I don't even think we should be eating from the same can. Yeah. So they can't even do that, which yeah. is... That's, I mean, yeah. yeah. But they drank from the same bottle. Yeah, that's weird. Every time. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe, I did maybe like it was the, only uh, the aliens that drank from the bottle. I did like the sentiment. Maybe it actually was. Maybe. Because when you see... Um, yes. McGreedy. 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 He isn't drinking out of the bottle, he's drinking out of a glass. Yeah. That is a good point. When he's recording his diary. Yeah. He's drinking out of a glass. And actually, at that point, there is a sentiment that he says that I wholeheartedly agree with, which is, he says... No one can trust anyone anymore. And we're all very tired. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I feel you there. That's the statement of the century right there. Was Kurt Russell a heartthrob when he was in films when he was younger? Do you know, it's weird. Like, it's not really for me, but I was wondering when I was watching it, do people find him, like, really quite attractive? I feel like he wasn't a heartthrob. In so much as someone like Patrick Swayze was a heartthrob or right. Richard Gere was a heartthrob. But John I Travolta. do... Th- uh. Or John Travolta was a heartthrob. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. 100%. How, how dare I forget that? I do feel like he was, in a way, uh, an, an attractive guy in the sense that he was like an action star. So in the way that Bruce Willis wasn't a heartthrob, but people really liked Bruce Willis, yeah. or Jason Statham wasn't a heartthrob, but women kind of really found Jason Statham attractive. So like a hard guy that gets on with stuff. Right. <laughs> That's what I think of Kurt Russell as being. I suppose. He, he played Elvis, I think. Kurt Russell? Yeah. He might have done in one film. He's been in a lot. He has a very long And he's Santa. He is. Maybe we should watch that this year. I already watched that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. You must have watched that without me. there's been two of them. I didn't see the second one. Oh, okay. See, where I try to watch a new horror film every year around Halloween. I also yeah. try to watch a new Christmas movie and I'm running out of Christmas No, you movies. don't. You don't try and watch a new Christmas movie. You try and watch Muppets Christmas Carol every single year on repeat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but before that, I want to get a new one out. <laughs> yeah. I like, right, I'll watch my new one for the year. Now back to something I know, <laughs> something I'm familiar with, something that is comforting to me, and that is Muppets Christmas Carol. 
<laughs> Maybe the Grinch if there's time. Elf, elf and elf. elf. Elf and Muppet Christmas Carol both are like must dos. Grinch if there's time. I know because like I kind of want to save. I don't want to watch the Grinch every single time because I want to keep it funny. So yeah. I want to like give it a miss, a, like a turn or something, so that the yeah. next time I watch it, it's still it's, funny. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a while since you've watched it at that yeah. point. It's still gonna be funny whenever he goes, "Dad, move it." You're still <laughs> yeah, gonna laugh right. anyway, so you know that you're gonna <laughs> laugh. At I mean, that. he is funny because there are parts that you forget and then you watch it again. And it's yeah. just, oh, so has the thing brought you back round on john carpenter and kurt russell what do you mean well you weren't much of a fan of one of the films that they made together that came out after oh, this oh i just remembered that we've seen him in another film yes which was Big Trouble in Little China. Is that John Carpenter? It was John Carpenter. Oh, now I know why this one was so boring. That was all why the way back in... Why is it when in... two get together, it turns into boar fest? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Scathing review. <laughs> wow. No. Cannot I just couldn't work out whether that. it was supposed to be a comedy or not, and it was confusing me. So that was my fault, not theirs. I, I, I totally admit that. For Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. It is a comedy. Absolutely. It's a know, comedy but action. But it just wasn't it wasn't comedy enough and I got confused. Oh anyway. The comedy, as we established, came from having a big guy in a little chair and a little guy in a big <laughs> chair. Yeah, once that was the, so like the five minute of comedy that they had. That was the that was the comedy from you. The know. size of the chair. But I think the they took a lot of the practical effects from this film into Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. which made it more entertaining. Uh, particularly, for some reason, the guy who kills himself by, like, inflating. Yeah. At one point, I remember that being a thing in Big Trouble in Little China, and I feel like that's something that was made possible by the practical yeah, effects that's in this film. And also, weirdly, the the monster effects, because there's monsters in Big Trouble in Little China as yeah. well. And I feel like some of the creature effects... It's probably all the same people then, I suppose. I reckon it might have been. It makes sense to. If you've already worked with them and you know they're good. Yeah. I reckon. I know that the guy that worked on the practical effects in The Thing was only 22 at the time this is uh, something i vaguely quickly read on the trivia he was only 22 at the time and it was one of his first big jobs and it made it such a cult hit that this guy basically went on to have like a great career based entirely off of his work on the yeah i mean it was good yeah he did well this film also came out in the same year that Blade Runner did that I mentioned earlier oh, okay. as well, which is quite a strange coincidence that <laughs> these two films came out in the same year. Yeah, see, Blade Runner I've heard of. <laughs> and they weren't initially as big, as widely received as they'd hoped because they also 
both those films came out the same year that Steven Spielberg's E.T. came uh. out, which was one of the biggest selling films yeah. of the year. But here's the thing. Here's literally the thing. Uh. Okay? <laughs> both The Thing and Blade Runner are now considered to be among the greatest films ever made. I know, that's what happens, isn't it? They don't it's get so appreciated weird. in their time. It's which, so which weird, weird how they say that art is subjective and, you know, an artist is never appreciated in their time. But I just feel like this film is something that has proven itself over time hmm. to be great in its own right and keep people coming back. Yeah. Even though you found it boring, yeah, interestingly. So I think we need to decide now. I think that we need to give John Carpenter's The Thing a rating. So if you are new to this show or if you are a returning listener to the show, you might already know that the person that hasn't seen the film gets to give the film a rating. But every episode, what the rating is out of changes. So do you want to rate the thing first, or should I? Um, you can. Okay. All right. So I am going to give it four. Oh. I think that this is a really good film. I think you're right. I think that there are some slow parts in this film. And even though those slow parts are meant to be quite tense with the suspicion and the intrigue and the mistrust mm. and everything like that i did get the sense of it sh i it didn't really grab me as much as i thought it was going yeah, to I didn't because i was kind of so on the edge of like i just want to know i want i want to i want to see something definitive mm. you know yeah. Like the suspicion went on for so long that I'm I got to a point where I was like I just definitively want to know now. Well, I wasn't even bothered. That was the that was the opposite for me because it went on for so long and was okay. so kind of like the jeopardy wasn't there enough that I was just like oh, whatever. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> oh, who cares? They've got it. They don't have it. Oh. But I'm going to give it out of <laughs> I'm going to give it out of chess wizards. What? Because, uh, no, what was it called? Chess Wizard. Oh, Chess Wizard. I thought it was Chess Whiz. Or I thought he something said like... Chest. Like... No, <laughs> Chess Wizards. Chess Wizards. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, I'm going to give it three Huskies. Three I'll Huskies. I'll give it three because um, it looked good for a film that was made in 82. I'll give it mm. its due for that. Yeah, because it's 40 years old now. Yeah. Which is weird to think of, that mm. this film is... 40 years old and still looks yeah, like it that. Looks good, yeah. It does. It does. And interestingly, you mentioned Huskies because I think that might actually be the first time in my life I've ever seen a worn out Husky. Yeah, they were sleepy. I've never in my life seen a worn out Husky. He was <laughs> they just have so much energy. Yeah. <laughs> but there you have it. John Carpenter's The Thing gets three huskies from amber and four chess wizards from me but 
What do you all out there listening think? Do you think that John Carpenter's The Thing is a classic piece of sci-fi horror, the likes of which it has been incredibly hard to replicate, pun intended, since that point? Or are you a bit like Amber? Do you reckon that it went on a bit long? Do you reckon it was a little bit boring? Do you reckon it was a little bit slow, but still kind of looked good for how old it was? Who would you be most suspicious of if you were trapped in an Arctic research station with... Antarctic. <laughs> Antarctic. It's the one without the bears. <laughs> <laughs> Free fact for you. That's why it's called Antarctic, because there are no bears there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, David Attenborough. Thank you, David Attenborough. Thank you, David, thank Attenborough. You, David Attenborough. David Attenborough, thank you. Thank you. All of these and more can be sent to us on our social medias. And if you've got a suggestion for any horror films we could watch in the future, then please do feel free to send them our way. Maybe if it's a big enough masterpiece of horror that isn't The Exorcist, then maybe we'll get around to watching it at some point. We are going to try and put off watching The Exorcist as long as possible, because that's just a big nope <laughs> from me. But all of these and more can be sent to us on our social medias. I am at Drew Bridger. At Amberin. And make sure that you use the hashtag BTTRpod when you are talking about us on the internet so that we know when we're being talked about. Amber, if the listeners have enjoyed this special spooky episode of Back to the Reviewture, what else should they do? Like, subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. Also follow at BTTR Podcast on Instagram. Yes, Instagram. And do make sure that you leave us those reviews, because if we do have some reviews on our podcast services come in, we might well read it out on our show and give you a lovely little shout out for taking some time to write some nice words about us that warm our cold, dead hearts. But until our next episode and potentially next Halloween, Amber, there's just a uh, quick test that I want to run on you. Um, I hope you don't mind if uh, if I cut one of your fingers I do a little mind, bit. actually. Oh, okay. I mean, the amount of cuts that I've got on all of my fingers, I think we've drawn enough blood mm. from me yeah. to know that I'm not an no, alien No, because imposter. we didn't test it. All right, well, oh, okay, maybe we should have tested it. Mm, too late now. Can I test your blood? No. That makes me very suspicious. Mm, that's fine. Okay, I'm a little bit suspicious of you now. So maybe you out there listening should just bear in mind that Amber maybe shouldn't be trusted. That's all I'm thinking. Can you be trusted, Amber? Depends who you are. Uh, <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs>